Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm Shauna Comedy Game. This is Millennial Money. And today, for the very last podcast of the year... We're talking about what happened in money in 2016. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So I cannot believe that it is already the end of 2016. I distinctly remember January 1st, 2016, and it's just so hard for me to believe that we're already around to the end of this year. So many amazing things happened for me this year, and um, I really hope the same for you. I hope that uh, whatever dreams and goals that you wanted to accomplish this year, that you were able to accomplish them. And um, I, I wish you a very, very happy new year. I hope your New Year's Eve is amazing. Please be safe. Please watch out for drunk drivers. If you do drink, please be super, super, super careful. Um, this is a time of year where, uh, you know, it's it's a good time to re- really reflect of 
what happened in the year personally and professionally. And I am so excited about 2017, Uh, a couple of really big projects that I've been working on for seemingly forever. And I almost gave up on honestly, just kind of out of nowhere started to really take shape. And it's just got me so excited for all of the all of the things that are coming up next year. And I feel this real kind of like renewed sense of excitement about about life, about career, about relationship, about, you know, myself in, in a whole different way. And you're probably listening to this and thinking, what in the world is she talking about? But um, I've definitely been over quite a few hurdles in the last six years in all different aspects of my life. And so it's taken quite a toll on me and it's it's really taken me on this journey to remember what I love and what I love to do and and the aspects um, the different things that I that I uh, that I'm really good at too. I mean, you know, especially what I do, it's it's really easy to kind of get boxed in a particular corner because if we talk about financial planning, it's really, um, I hate to say it, but it's really a old boys club. And, uh, you know, I'm usually always the only female in the room. And I, I love that. I actually love that because there's definitely some pride of being a certified financial planner at my age with an MBA and all of the knowledge that I have and the career that I've already developed and the ability to help all the people that I've already been able to help. So there's definitely a sense of pride and I, I feel really humbled, you know, to be in this position, but it's, it's tough because you definitely get kind of uh, coistered into this, this corner of this is exactly who you should be. And, you know, I've fought against that for years and years because I'm like, this is just not exactly who I'm supposed to be. And really through this podcast and a couple other things that I've been, that I've been working on and developing is really, I think helped me really make a mark in the career that, that I want to have, that I've always known I'm supposed to have. It's just taken me a a really long time to get there. And so I just, I can't thank you enough for listening. Um, I really have my heart intent on continuing to grow this podcast. I mean, we've got over half a million listeners in over 160 different countries. And to me, that is amazing because there's been very little PR for this podcast. And so, you know, it's, even more special to me that I hear feedback from you that, you know, people write in and tell me when you've paid off debt or when you've started your business or when your relationship's gotten better, or maybe just when you have a different frame of mind around money. Or recently I got, you know, um, a memo from someone saying that, you know, all of the different podcasts being music and travel and all these different things really inspired them to, you know, to think bigger about life. And that, that's really, that's really my goal is to just really empower you to, uh, be super excited about life, be super inquisitive, want adventure and, and know that you can do all of these things in life, irrespective of whatever that dollar amount is in your bank account. And I just, I don't want people to feel limited by that because I think we have in the past and we thought like, Oh, especially with social media and everything, like, Oh, we've got to have millions and millions of dollars. Are we going to be like the Kardashians or whatever, whatever kind of image you have in your head of affluence and wealth, you know, that that's young. And that's just not true. I mean, yes, obviously I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Obviously, if you have a lot of money, you can afford 
to do a lot of exclusive things, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here and BS you about that. But what I am gonna tell you is that you can have a small amount in your bank account. You can have a small paycheck wherever you are on that spectrum, and you can live a really rich, wealthy life. And what I mean by that is you make smart choices. You could be saving in your 401k. You could be finding all these amazing ways to travel. You could be um, using hacks to go to concerts and to uh, start your business, whatever it may be, right? So I, I just really don't want you to feel trapped. No matter where you are in your career, no matter where you are in your bank account, no matter where you are in your debt, no matter where you are in your goals, wherever you're at, I just really want to infuse you uh, with positivity and empower you that you can accomplish anything, right? And I am actually living proof of it. I have been in every spectrum of the bank account. I've been up and down and backwards and forwards, and I've had to get out of debt, and, and then I've had no debt, and then I've been in debt, and I've I've bought a house, I've sold a house, I've I mean, there's I've started businesses, I've started so many businesses over um, my career. Some have worked, some haven't worked, uh, and so I just really want to inspire you again that you know, 2017, like, let's just make a pledge. Let's make this be our year. Whatever that thing is that you, that you're chasing after that you want to achieve, let's just do this together because I am certainly chasing after a lot of things myself. And so it just, it, it actually empowers me to be able to empower you if that sounds weird. (laughs) Um, so again, I, I'll, I'll kind of get off the soapbox here, but I just, I just really want to, help you feel uplifted no matter where you are, no matter where you're listening to this podcast, um, that I just, I really feel in my bones that 2017 is just going to be an amazing year. And I give you my commitment to bring you great content, great interviews, great tips, um, great events, and all sorts of things to really help enrich your life. But we are here today because we are talking about what happened in money in 2016. And this was such an interesting year, and I, I just pulled out a few of kind of my favorite things or my favorite topics to talk about, I guess, from 2016, and I thought this would just make kind of an interesting last podcast for the year. So the first thing we're going to talk about is interest rates. So I know I've talked to you about this a couple of times over the year, but interest rates are on the rise, right? They were at the lowest. They got all the way down to zero. We can't go any lower than zero. So the only place they have to go naturally is up. And this year they did. They went up half a percentage point. And for many of you, that probably means absolutely nothing. For those of you listening, maybe who have tried to buy a house this year or a car or maybe are battling debt on credit cards, you might have actually felt that uh, difference. I have a friend right now who's um, trying to get a loan to buy a house and we've been working with the bank and we've been going through all of these different things and and somebody dropped the ball at the bank and because they dropped the ball, um, my friend then had to accept a higher interest rate. Well, normally you would think that's not a big deal, right? But it's, it's extra money every month times 30 years. So when it comes down to it, it's a lot of money. Is, is now still a good time to buy a house? Yes. 2016, or 2016, my brain, I'm in 2016. The beginning of 2017, great time. Buy a house. Interest rates, yes, they're going to keep going up. But uh, n- uh, not dramatically, I don't think, right? We're going to get a couple more percentage point uh, boost. So yeah, you're going to maybe be able to afford a little less of a house. 
Still a great time to buy a car in 2017. Still a great time to refinance your student loans. If you have student loans that are north of 6% interest that you're paying on, check out SoFi. Check out um, some of these companies that are really offering you great refinancing rates. See if that's an option for you, all right? Still a good time. 2017 still going to be good, but the interest rates are going to be going up. And soon you're going to actually start feeling it. The good news is savings rates are also going to go up and that is going to be a very good thing. All right. So next on my list was actually the top grossing movie of 2016. And, um, If you've been living under a rock, (laughs) Rogue One came out in the United States. I actually think it's now worldwide. Um, That is in the Star Wars trilogy. And I am sure that this will kind of uh, take the mark as the highest grossing. But up until that point, and still, as I speak to you right now on um, December 30th, 31st, whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, Finding Dory actually was the biggest grossing movie. And... Um, you know, I watch the Ellen show all the time and I've heard her plug finding Dory, you know, up teen times and my God, I think it actually worked. (laughs) So that just, that just blew my mind. And to counter that the top selling album of 2016, there's probably not a doubt in your mind. It was Adele 25. I mean, Adele can just do anything and we're going to buy it. She is amazing. Her concerts. I mean, I I can't even imagine how much money that girl has in her bank account right now. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, kudos to her. She is, she's amazing. She's fun. She's funny. Um, I have actually not been to one of her concerts yet, but I hear they are amazing. And so uh, Adele is scoring the, the top album for this year. Okay. Also, if you were living under a rock, uh, you probably don't know that Donald Trump is actually our president-elect. Like it or not, he's rolling into town in January, all right? So we got to buckle up for this. Nobody knows what's going to happen. This is totally unprecedented territory. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's a, there's a lot of us that are just thinking, well, this is either going to go good or this is going to go really bad. And I think a lot of people are putting their bets on really bad, but you know, we just don't know. We've just, again, we've not been in the situation. So, you know, it's kind of a wait and see, and I will be sure to be doing a lot of podcast next year when he rolls out different things, um, different economic things, different tax things, um, the healthcare, all of those things. I really hope you demystify all of those, um, you know, kind of changes that might be coming down the pipeline. So, One thing to know is he's kind of stood on this platform of saying that he wants to lower taxes. And I think it's good for almost every tax bracket except the lowest. So if you're in the lowest tax bracket, right now you're paying uh, 10% tax. If his tax plan goes through, and again, this is big if with an asterisk mark, the lowest tax bracket will actually go up to 12%. But all the other tax brackets will lower. So that could be a good thing. That could actually put more money in your pocket. Right now, we have something called the standard deduction each year and something called the personal exemption, right? Those are two different dollar amounts. So what he wants to do is he wants to take away the personal exemption, which right now is at 4000 bucks. 
So right now, in, in 2016, the standard deduction is $6,300. Um, the personal exemption is $4,050. Uh, and he wants to take those away and, and raise up the standard deduction to $15,000. That's that's pretty decent. I mean, that, that actually makes me happy. <laughs> those numbers make me happy. Um, one thing he wants to do is take away the filing status of head of household. And unfortunately, that is something that's helpful for a lot of single parents to be able to file head of household. Um, they have better tax rates, all sorts of things. So there's pluses, there's minuses, and we're just going to have to really see what comes down the pipeline because no one knows what's going to get approved, what isn't going to get approved. But I'm going to make sure that when it does get approved that I, again, demystify this for you because it's it's just important that you know, right? It's your money. It's important you know what's going on with it. Again, he has... Uh, said that he wants to totally change the healthcare system, and depending where you stand on that side of the fence, that could be good or not good. Um, you know, I, I I obviously believe that everybody should have healthcare. Everybody should have access to healthcare. I feel like that is a an absolute human right. Um, from my side of things, from the financial side, working with a lot of people, a lot of health rates have gone up. A lot of people are paying. A lot of money. I've worked with people who are in their 30s and 20s, and they're paying big premiums every month for health insurance, and they're they're quite pissed off. And so we don't know what the fix is, right? We don't know. We know that everybody should have health care. That is, again, a basic human right. But maybe there's a few tweaks and changes. Will he get it right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who will get it right, right? But um, hopefully we at least keep progressing on that and keep making everything better and better. Okay, enough with Donald Trump, right? We've talked enough about him. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a little reprieve for like three weeks until he comes in office. Okay, so next, there's a lot of lists out about the best places for millennials to live, but I thought this was interesting. The cheapest small city, the cheapest and best small city for millennials to live right now is Birmingham, Alabama. I would have never guessed. I've seen all sorts of lists, all sorts of places. Uh, some of the lists I find super fascinating because at the top of the lists are like San Francisco, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, on a lot of lists, I'm like, but those aren't affordable. <laughs> you can't live in San Francisco on like a starting out, even on a medium salary. You can't, you can't do it, right? It's like New York. But I thought this was interesting. So the cheapest, best, smallest city for millennials right now is Birmingham, Alabama. So if you're thinking about moving, um, I've got links to all the things I'm talking about in the show notes, so you can make sure and. Um, you know, listen to them or read about them, I should say, more in depth. Okay, next on our list is the Dow, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And that is really kind of a marker for the stock market, right? That's what kind of makes up, you know, is the stock market up? Is the stock market down? It's the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ. But the Dow Jones is just shy of hitting 20,000 points. And that would be in all, all, all-time high, right? And we've kind of danced around it the last few days. It's been close, and then it backs off and close and backs off. So we'll kind of, you know, sort of wait and see what happens. But will that affect you very much? Probably not. It's just something to talk about, right? It's just, 
you know, you could roll it off dinner time conversation with your friends. Hey, did you know that we are super close to hitting an all time high with the Dow? Um, and they'll look at you and think you're super impressive and super smart. And that's all you need to say about it. <laughs> So what people are saying is, okay, so we hit 20,000. Maybe people make, you know, a few extra bucks in their, in their investment accounts. What next? You know, are we going to go up to 25,000? Is that going to be, you know, kind of the next marker and the next thing we're talking about? No one knows. You know, a lot of people are scared that, um, or not scared, scared's a bad word. A lot of people are, um, kind of pondering, like, can the stock market really stay this, you know, kind of roaring like it is right now, this, um, this kind of bull market, like, can this stay very long? Um, and of course nobody knows, nobody has a crystal ball. And so you can't, you can't guess, you can't guess. The best thing you can do is sit back and watch whatever happens in the stock market with your 401k, your IRA, wherever you, your Roth, wherever you have money, you have a really long time horizon. So don't freak out about, you know, um, these highs, these lows. Obviously, I never want you to go through, you know, 2008, 2009 situation, but probably those of you who, who, who did and who still have money in the market, you've probably recovered more than recovered from that, right? There's lots of other places to put your money. You don't just have to put your money in the stock market, but you got to put your money somewhere so that it's earning interest. It's not going to earn interest in your savings account. It's going to earn a little bit in a high yield savings account, but nobody is going to retire on that interest, right? And and that's the whole point of investing is you've got to get the snowball to get bigger than it is now. Okay, next, the dollar. The dollar actually is, is quite strong right now, which is what's making travel to the UK and Europe super, super, super affordable. It used to be if you were an American citizen and you went over to like London, you know, you're paying basically double uh, the price for everything. Well, now not so much. Now it's actually quote unquote, you know, affordable. Same with Europe. We just got back from Europe in November, and uh, you know, I was looking at the prices of things. And I'm like, this is this is like what it costs in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I really don't notice any difference, and that's because the euro is actually you know weak against the dollar. So if you're thinking about traveling internationally, 2017, the beginning of 2017, I think is still going to be a great time to go take advantage of that. Uh, we're planning to go to Europe next summer to celebrate my birthday. And I'm so, I really, really, really hope that um, the dollar stays strong against the euro because uh, there's nothing I love more than, than a good bargain, especially when I travel. Okay. And very, very last on our list, I read this article recently about millennials putting on your boxing gloves when it comes to investing. And this kind of goes along with with the Dow uh, that we were talking about. But there's a couple of things that they talked about. One is that millennials should anticipate bear markets. And what a bear market is, is not what we're experiencing now. So a bear market is sluggish returns, um, maybe declines in the market. Those are going to happen, right? Inflation. Inflation means how much something costs tomorrow versus what it costs today. And it's going to go up. It's just going to go up. We've been in a really low inflation period. And so everything's going to start costing more. It's not going to be dramatic. But you know, when you go to the grocery store and you're like, check out and it's $100 and you look in your cart and you're like, I didn't buy anything. How is this $100, right? And then you go, you know, six months later and now it's like $110 and you're like, I 
I, this is impossible. Well, that's inflation, right? Then those are the places you feel it. You feel it. Um, and a lot of things that kind of affect you in day-to-day life that maybe you don't actually think about, but when you're doing your budgeting, you're like, well, crap, how am I supposed to work with this? You know, taxes, taxes. We don't know. It's a jump ball. We don't know what's going to happen. Could be good. Could be not be good. Um, something needs to be done with, with the tax system. It's, um, it's really complex. So, you know, they really want to simplify the tax system. Will, will that be Donald Trump? I don't know. Will his plan work? I don't know, right? It's anybody's guess. And then the last thing is just emotions. And I kind of want to end here because I talk a lot about emotions with money. And, you know, whether you've experienced this or not yet with your own personal finance, there's a lot of emotions that go on with money. So if you actually really stop and think about it, you know, why do you buy certain things that you buy? Why do you make certain choices with your money that you make? And that's not assuming that you make bad choices, right? What I'm trying to tell you is there's an emotional response built into everything. So personal finance and being really good with your money, my gosh, it's like 98% psychological. It's 2% tools. So it's 2%, you know, um, doing all the things that you need to do, budgeting, saving money, setting up savings, um, putting into your 401k, you know, all that stuff, right? Buying a house, whatever it may be. That's all the practical side of money, right? But there's a lot of emotion that gets wrapped around money. And so we let the emotion really dictate, you know, maybe the emotion dictates that you don't like to budget. Maybe the emotion dictates that you don't really like to look at how much you're spending each month. Well, that's going to have a dramatic effect on your finances for a really long time because, if you don't know how much you're, you're spending on everything each month, how in the world are you ever going to make a change? How in the world are you ever going to uncover savings? How in the world are you ever going to be able to afford the down payment for your house or whatever it, whatever it is, right? It, it's not just luck. It doesn't just happen. So the emotion helps propel you. So if you can get behind the emotion of money, if you can get the real positive attitude, like whatever's happened to me doesn't matter, right? I'm going forward with a positive attitude. I'm going to make positive changes. I'm going to stick to this each and every day, right? I'm going to make my commitment to this. You're going to be shocked at what can happen. Shocked. You don't need to make any extra money, right? And you will be shocked at the changes if you put your mindset in the right place. And that's not easy. That's the hardest part. That's letting go of stuff. That's motivating yourself. That's also being able to say no. Maybe sometimes when your friends are going out, then you know it's going to be a hundred bucks for you to go out and have dinner and drinks. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Like that takes guts. That's emotion behind your money decisions. But you start making those little, small, tiny shifts you are going to be amazed at the dramatic change that's going to happen in your finances. And I promise you this, this is not me just blowing smoke at you. I've done this so many times in my life. I've helped people do this. I know the power of this, right? So whatever you got to do, whatever saying you got to write on the wall, um, what, whatever you've got to let go to be able to get yourself in a positive frame of mind and commit to doing kind of these small things every single day with your money, you're going to blow 2017 out of the water. Like you are just going to be, there are going to be so many success stories from this podcast. I literally cannot wait. 
So again, thank you so much for listening. It has been such a pleasure to be able to talk to you this whole entire year. I'm so excited about 2017. I hope that you're right there along with me. Let's do some amazing things. Let's change this world in 2017. I wish you a very, very, very happy new year, and I look forward to seeing you in 2017. 